Hello and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club, episode 100. <laughs> uh, my name is Mark Champlin and today I'm joined by Alex Wallace. How are we feeling today? Holy shit, girls and gays, we did 100 goddamn episodes of Cartridge Cinema Club. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> I've never done a hundred of anything. Anything in my, in life. my life ever? Yeah, I um, <laughs> you know, uh, I think we're gonna have some 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 further features for y'all uh, in the coming weeks where we get like real sappy about this show. But uh, mm-hmm. just briefly, mm-hmm. I want to say like, I really appreciate so much the support that we have gotten for this podcast. Um, you know, the, the, the little community that has built up around this thing is really beautiful to see when I like show up in a Twitch chat and someone's like, Hey, you're Alex from Cartridge Cinema Club. That's fucking awesome. Like you guys are fucking (laughs) awesome for listening to the show. You guys are awesome for always shouting it out, trying to get other people to listen to the show. You know, like when, when me and Mark started doing this, it was, it was really for us. You know, it was really like me and Mark are going to do a podcast because we're big nerds and we love podcasts and we would like to have a podcast. And if no one fucking listens to it, that is fine. Um, and now people listen to it every week and that's awesome. Yeah. The, the, the momentum started way earlier than I thought it was. And I also didn't know if we would have any momentum. So <laughs> the fact that there was any really motivated us to, to keep it going and keep up on our schedule. And then it, it really has just steadily grown um, from like, from our initial our initial goal of like i mean i've said it multiple times i've infamously said that's like i want 20 people to listen <laughs> yeah. to this and it's you know more people than that listen to this <laughs> yeah that's so that that is reason enough to keep doing this uh for me at least and um just being being that like background noise for somebody while they're like having to do a shitty commute or playing some dumb RPG <laughs> is like the the thing that that so many other podcasts have been for me. Being able to be that for for you guys uh, is truly like an honor and a privilege. And I'm glad that you like this shit because because. Uh, new terrible movies keep getting announced so we're gonna keep doing this i guess fucking yeah. we got we got monster hunter to look forward to we <laughs> we really do we picked up a hell of a time to start we've got spider-man as Sp- spider-man nathan drake is coming oh, out jesus, oh jesus yeah yeah it sure did um but yeah no we we really genuinely appreciate it so much and and you know as much yeah. as we as much as we like uh, you know, as much as I say on the show, oh, this podcast is fucking stupid. Why the fuck do we do this show? This is fucking dumb. Why are we watching this awful? I love recording this podcast. I love putting it up every week. I love editing it. I love doing this genuinely so much. I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, so with that in mind, uh, what yeah. did we watch this week for the podcast, Mark? Um, well, we finally did it. Um, it's it's interesting because the first episode of this podcast ever, which I have not yet gone back to listen to because I'm too scared of being embarrassed that it was bad. Um, but <laughs> we watched uh, Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li as our first episode. And I remember we almost watched this movie, which is Street Fighter 1994. But then I think it was you, Alex, who said, like, no, let's save that. Um 100 episodes later. <laughs> 100, uh, t- t- it's like two, almost two full years later, yeah. uh, almost exactly two full years later, mm-hmm. um, we're at episode 100. 
uh, and we watched the, the the goddamn 1994 Street Fighter movie mm-hmm. um, based on Street Fighter 2. Uh, it is better than Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li um, <laughs> in almost every way because it's not fucking boring. Um, it's it's got it's it's got John Claude Van Damme and he's he's great and uh, you know it it it's basically Street Fighter Two adaptation. I do real quick want to shout out this movie for being the first fighting game movie that we've watched for this podcast uh, that does not like take place as a tournament on yeah. an island or some shit. <laughs> there was shit. no island. There was no, no rich guy sending out mysterious envelopes inviting people to the <laughs> island yeah, for which I they that could was co- cool. compete in a martial arts tournament. That There was no such thing uh, in this film. Um, and that's mostly because this movie has absolutely fucking nothing to do with Street Fighter. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so, like, I'm going to go over the very, very basic strokes of the plot. And then as we go, you're going to find that there, there, there's just kind of more more shit nestled into every fold of it. So we'll, we'll get through it. But, okay, so General M. Bison, played by Raul Julia in his final film performance... <laughs> Uh, is he, he's like some kind of dictator, uh, or something, uh, and he has taken over, uh, the East Asian city, question mark, country, question mark, <laughs> not sure, but it's called Shadow Lou. It's, it's, it's a New York City, New York type of deal, yeah. is what my understanding is. Yeah, um, and so, and so the, the, the nations of the world, uh, have formed the Allied Nations, which is a is a is a is a giant collaborative army that they're going to be using to fight M. Bison, led by Colonel Guile, played by John Claude Van Damme. Uh, and then uh, there are many other Street Fighter characters in the film as well. Uh, and the whole thing is kind of a shit show. But basically, the good guy characters from Street Fighter got to team up to stop M. Bison and various other bad guy characters from Street Fighter from taking over the world or whatever by infiltrating his base and killing him. <laughs> um, now... <laughs> The issue really, really comes into play with the with the fact that it it's it's really astonishing how little the people that were making this movie wanted to be making a Street Fighter movie. It seems like nobody involved with this wanted to be on this project because none of them wanted to make a Street Fighter film because no character in this movie besides M. Bison even remotely resembles the person that they're supposed to be from the video games. Like, Chun-Li is just like a... She's just like a reporter and E. Honda is just like a a Hawaiian dude wearing a Hawaiian shirt and he's also a reporter and so is uh, Bald Rog, the boxer guy, none of them are, uh, well, they're technically martial artists, but they're not anymore at the time of the film. And then, uh, so, um, actually, I was, I was gonna say Ryu, but the film calls him Ryu. Um, Ryu. <laughs> Ryu and Ken are also in this one, and they're just, like, kind of there. Like, they're, they are not, they are not the stars of the show. They're just, like, two jackasses that are in prison for most of the movie, and they, frequently disappear from the film. Dalsim, instead of being like a cool monk guy, he's just like an, e- an evil scientist man, but then he- he's good at that. It's a fucking mess. It is a mess. It is, I, I, it was a lot to try to process uh, everything that was going on in this film. Uh, but with that in mind, Mark, what were your general thoughts on this Street Fighter movie? Yeah, it's like, you know, it 
it's like a failed ensemble cast movie (laughs) where the uh where most of the ensemble doesn't get enough screen time and in the last 15 minutes they're like arbitrarily somehow thrown into their video game style costume to (laughs) to make like there's a scene where like zangief is one of the bad guys in this movie and uh and you could tell that it's Zangief by like his hair and his beard, but he's just wearing like a like a military uniform the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And then at the very very end, where he defects and he decides to be a good guy, his like shirt is off, and he ha- and you see the muscles, and he goes like, "Ah, I'm Zangief, and look at me now. I look like I'm in the game now." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of that. <laughs> Same with like Chun Li being given the hairstyle like yeah. two thirds of the way through the movie the, for for some reason. The moment at the very end of the movie. Where where all of the characters are standing together in a group <laughs> outside of M. Bison's destroyed base, and they all, like, jump up in the air, and there's a freeze frame, and it says Street Fighter, and yeah. it's just like, you're supposed Basically. to be like, yeah, all of my favorite characters for Street Fighter, and instead you're like, who the fuck are any of these people? <laughs> and, like, it, that that could have been a really effective, like, fun scene if we had gotten characterization for most of these characters it really you said it when you're like they didn't want to be making a street fighter movie they just didn't this is essentially like it's just like a military like action movie with like rambo style like one man army movie starring uh john claude van damme a a classic uh casting choice for such a film which uh, and and he he does great he's he's a great guile this the 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 final fight between guile and bison is like obviously the the highlight of this movie but during while that's happening there's just so many um other street fights going on like hand-to-hand combat between other minor characters like why the fuck is Ve- what is vega's motivation i found myself when when vega was fighting ryu ryu um i was like so so vega's like an arms dealer but like the, all the arms got destroyed so he he could just like go home but he's still fighting i, I guess um, yeah it's it's, it's it's not like it's by far like not the worst movie we've watched because it was a lot of fun but it it's it's a fucking mess. It's a mess because they because they didn't they didn't make a decision about who would be the protagonist no, of their film. Not at all. They just didn't that like no like that okay like mm, you know when you are sitting down to adapt a video game with an ensemble cast of a variety of characters, none of whom is really the central character besides mm, huh, maybe Ryu, who is the hero of Street Fighter that everybody knows and has heard of and is barely in this movie, but. Yeah, he he Ryu's the the most forgettable character in this. He's the most easily disposable. He is just like that enough. Yeah, he is just, he is just there is a Japanese man who wears a headband. He doesn't look <laughs> like Ryu at all. Um, but like they 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 were like like it's like they didn't want to make a choice about which of these characters to like really focus in on and characterize and give like a backstory and give like a personality and motivation and all that kind of shit. So they just, they just threw everyone into a blender at the same time. Like, so let, let ask yourself this, who is the protagonist of the street fighter movie? Is it Guile? Probably fucking not because he gets shot and is presumably dead for, like, at least, like, 30 minutes of the movie, which is not a great position to put your protagonist in if he isn't Goku. Um, 
Is it Chun-Li? <laughs> also, no. I don't think, even though she is the only one with, like, a motivation and a dead dad. Like, there's, like, a scene where where she's, like, confronting M. Bison. And she's talking about how M. Bison, you know, killed her father and, and raised, ransacked her village and all of this shit. And, like, and it almost feels like a scene from a movie in which Chun-Li is the protagonist who is trying to get revenge on M. Bison for killing her father. But that's not the movie that they made because Chun-Li is maybe only in, like, 20 minutes of the film. And then the protagonist certainly isn't fucking Ryu or Ken, because they don't do anything in the goddamn movie, and they disappear from it several times. It's, um, they didn't, uh, they didn't, they didn't, uh, follow the basic rules for how you put together a, a script that makes sense, and I found that to be, um, a challenging aspect of this product. <laughs> Yeah, it was hard to be invested in it because <laughs> yeah. even in even in like like bad action movies, you at least still have like oh he's got a dead wife, got it. <laughs> uh, like like a, a, it's at least easy to follow. But when when in every scene where two characters are interacting, I find myself having to remember what both of their motivations are, yeah. and it's not just obviously in the forefront of my mind. That's a failure on the part of the script. Yeah, like, the, the movie gets to the end, and then it's like, oh, Guile and M. Bison are gonna have the final boss now, fight now. I guess Guile was the protagonist. It was Guile all along, baby. It was Guile all along. He's gonna do, he's gonna do a flash kick, and it's gonna be... I mean, like, not they, even... They, like, decided, they decided that he was, since he was the highest paid actor, he gets the... <laughs> he got to have the... Yeah, like, and it's like, they don't even, like do the cool street fighter stuff. Like, the only character that shoots, uh, like, any kind of magic out of his hands is M. Bison, and that happens in the last five yep. minutes where he, he forced lightning <laughs> at Guile. Um, yeah, he, he does He does his float thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is and, not and a like, Hadouken shot fired in this. There is there's no, no Hadouken. Sonic th there's, Boom, there's none of that shit. <laughs> there's no Tatsumaki. Um, you, you see one dragon punch, but he doesn't even jump that high. Uh, <laughs> And, um, yeah, and Guile does one bicycle kick thing, but, like, Guile's thing is, like, sonic boom. Like, that's yeah. whenever I find a Guile. And in, and in this movie, his thing is gun. <laughs> like, his, yeah, it's, like, of course they have projectiles. They have guns. Yeah, they Those have, the yeah, they have, this movie has the scene where there's a bunch of dudes firing pistols, and then there's some dudes on, like, some scaffolding above them shooting assault rifles back at them. It's one of those movies. You know, you've yeah. seen, you've seen them. You've seen them a hundred thousand million times. Um... <laughs> Which, to be fair, I, I do I do like that there was, like, lots of sparks and lots of explosions and, like, gunshots. Yeah, the pyrotechnics are, are, are good in this movie. It's like, yeah. I, love the, I love the moment in, in, an, in an 80s action movie or a 90s action movie where somebody gets, like, pushed into, like, the science equipment. And then the science equipment immediately just starts, mm -hmm. like, shooting fireworks in every direction. Imagine if yeah, that happened we, to your we, computer. Like you yeah. accidentally like trip over your de your desktop tower on the way to the bathroom, and it just like shoots an M80 into your ass. That's that's kind of what happens here. Um, yeah, I wish. <laughs> God willing. Um, so briefly, yeah. I did want to talk about um, about about Blanca. Uh, and if you haven't played Street Fighter, oh, for those of you who are not aware, Street Fighter is a series of uh, of, uh, of, uh, <laughs> of fighting games produced by Capcom. Um, and yeah, and people who listen to this podcast, they don't know anything about fighting. They games. have no idea what street fighter is. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and Blanca, uh, in the games 
is like a big green guy with uh, with crazy orange hair and he's got electric powers and he can turn into a ball like Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, in, in, and then there is another entirely unrelated character called Charlie who was in like the Street Fighter Alpha games and he's like an old friend of Guile's who's like dead now. Um, and in Street Fighter the movie they have, de they have decided to combine Charlie and Blanca into a single character whose name is Carlos Blanca. <laughs> okay this is just one of those where it's like oh so they need they need to they need to turn blanca into a green guy somehow but they <laughs> but but this takes place in the real world and it's not a fantasy movie so um, so what happens is is guile's friend charlie gets kidnapped by m bison's guys and they put him into this this evil science chamber and i guess like put a vr helmet on him and give him all of these drugs and the vr helmet is just like showing him evil guy stuff like there's a point where like you see like a, a feed of what blanca is getting fed into his eyes and it's just like there's like a a clip of hitler and like some other <laughs> some other shit like that this was this was my favorite dumb thing in the entire movie. When when Dalseem switches the VR helmet from evil feed to good feed, and the good feed is random assorted clips of, like... Of Martin Luther King Jr. Of, like, children getting getting charity given to them and half-spoken half clips of Martin Luther King Jr. God, the, the Martin Luther King thing fucking killed me it's like I, you, it's this visual yeah. <laughs> of this man wearing green face paint and a giant orange wig with like a vr visor on and in the background you hear dr king saying i have a dream he, he he has the capacity for evil yes but he also has the capacity for good because i <laughs> showed him a feed of civil rights leaders <laughs> in the VR helmet. And it's, it's so, it is so bizarre. It's the type of thing where, like, if you, you can't make a movie that's that's tries to be realistic on one hand, but also has the, the more binary than Star Wars <laughs> uh, view of good and evil. <laughs> it's, Listen, you're either Hitler or MLK, folks. There's, there's yeah. no in between. Choose one. <laughs> Um, okay, so we have we have been kind of putting off talking about what I think is probably the most important aspect of this film. It's the it's the aspect that that people uh, still talk about to this day, uh, which is the performance by Raul Julia of M. Bison. <laughs> um, so I, I this think man killed it. <laughs> it it is really something special. So uh, first of all, yes, I'm pretty sure that he filmed this film. He like. He, he starred in this film and then died and then it came out. So this was his, like, Rob, again, Rob Julia, respected actor. Very, like, like classically mm -hmm. trained, highly respected, serious actor. And in this, they put him in a stupid hat with a skull on it and a cape and just made him say the best shit in the world. It's the, it's like... It's like every other scene, they weren't trying because they were just thinking about when they were going to get to write the next M. Bison one-liner. Like, they're just all sitting around a table just being yeah. like, oh, I don't fucking care about whatever the fuck Jean-Claude Van Damme is going to say here. Who fucking cares? I want to get to the next part where M. Bison gets to own somebody. <laughs> 
this is a real like Heath Ledger Joker situation. I didn't know that it was that it was like that, but it it's like that in multiple ways because he died right after and then the movie came out, but also because you know they are villains and the writers cared way more about this than any other part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. The the moment where where he's having his final fight with Guile and he's like powering up and using his electricity and he says, "You came here prepared to fight a madman, only to find a god." <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite quote from him uh which is really funny and i don't think that they, they intended it to be funny in an ironic way but it's when he's like given a soliloquy to his to his guys and he's like why do they call me mad and they call me a warlord when all i want to do is create the perfect genetic soldier <laughs> and use it to take over the world and I'm like well that's why they call you those things <laughs> ah the road not taken. But why? Why do they still call me a warlord? And mad? All I want to do is to create the perfect genetic soldier. Not for power, not for evil, but for good. Carlos Blanca will be the first of many. They shall march out of my laboratory and sweep away every adversary, every creed, every nation until the very planet is in the loving grip of the Pax Bisonica. And then peace will reign in the world. All humanity shall bow to me in humble gratitude. Yeah, there, there's, there, it's That's weird. all I want to do. There is an awareness with the M. Bison dialogue that is not present throughout the entire rest of the film. Mm-hmm. It feels like it was written by an entirely different team of writers who were just, like, trying as hard as they possibly could. The moment... That gave us the the sign off for this podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. is incredible. <laughs> like, okay, so so long. Uh, I've, regular listeners might be aware that at the end of every episode we say, "For me, it was Tuesday," <laughs> as a catchphrase, which is a reference to this film, <laughs> um, where Chun Li is tells this like long, heartbreaking story to M Bison about how he like showed up at their village and and was chased away by farmers with pitchforks even though he he killed chun li's father and and m bison says the day that m bison graced your village was the most important day of your life but for me it was tuesday and i was just like yes god fuck yes like it's so good that line is like known that that line is the heritage of this movie that's the legacy of this movie yeah that's such a good fucking line for a villain to say that like people say for me, it was Tuesday, like, all the time now still. <laughs> so do we. Um, Which, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to say about this here Street Fighter movie before we move on? Um, No, this... I mean... The, the it we could spend another twenty minutes uh, going going on about like how quotable this movie is. Uh, I think yeah. that's its greatest strength is the 
the there's a there, like two or three characters have really fucking cheesy lines. There's the part where there's like an underground street battle about to begin, and then Jean Claude Van Damme drives through the wall with a tank and says, <laughs> "You are all under arrest." <laughs> <laughs> Which I absolutely laughed out loud at. There's but the, the, the part where, where where John Claude Van Damme is arguing with the with the with like the the military guy that outranks him and is telling him to stand down on the M Bison fight and like what yeah. it, what does the guy say to him? He's like, "Have you lost your minds?" And then he uh, he says, "No, but you have lost your balls." <laughs> it's just that that's the movie. That's, That's the, movie the movie kind of summed up right there. John Claude yeah, Van Damme, huge creep in this movie, creeping all the women. Just yeah, that's the. <laughs> it's uh, I would say it is worth a drunk watch with friends. Um, that's exactly. It's not what I was good, and like and and like they they. I would not say that it is it is in any way successful at what it is trying to do as a film at large. But man. And Bison is really goddamn funny in this movie. Man, That's got it. Man, man, did I prefer this to watching a uh, super cleaned up, uh, manufactured Marvel humor? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you were texting me before we started recording this. It was just like, I wish they still made movies like this. Yeah, th- there will never be a movie like this again. No. So we we need to enjoy the ones that exist for for what they are. So yeah, this yeah. this podcast is being is is for archival purposes <laughs> to make right. sure that we don't forget the age when you could throw somebody into a big blinking thing with buttons on it and then fireworks <laughs> would fly out of it. What are we watching next week, Mark? Oh Jesus, um. So we've got a run of about four or five real stupid, real fun episodes coming up. Yep. Uh, starting with next week when Squad Allah, we're watching all of the <laughs> CDI cutscenes from from Hotel Mario, Link, The Faces of Evil, and Zelda, The Wand of Gamelon. Um, you've seen them in YouTube poops. You yeah. know what these are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think next week we'll do like the I'll I'll do the long explanation of like here's what the CDI is. Here's how these weird Mario and Zelda games ended up being made. Um but for now, yeah, let's just we I, I as Mark mentioned like, you know, originally I was like, "Oh, I need to decide what we're going to do for episode 100. It's got to be special." And then I was like, "Wait, fuck that. What if we just did like a bunch of banger episodes in a row that everybody mm-hmm. wants to hear?" So we're going to yeah. be doing the Zelda CDI cutscenes and the Hotel Mario cutscenes next week. Uh and then we'll just kind of we'll just keep building from there. Um mm-hmm. yeah, this is uh this this will that'll be that'll be a good time. I love I love to watch things that are bad. That's my favorite thing to do. I love doing that. Where can people find the podcast on the internet, Mark? Uh, you can find us at Cartridge Cinema on Twitter. That's at Cartridge Cinema. Join the Discord. It's linked on the Twitter. And uh, iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud are just some of the places where you can where you can listen to us. Uh, you should rate us. That would be chill. Music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. Uh, Raul Julia, uh, play us off. For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. Fuck cops! Don't join the military! Also that. Peace! Peace. <laughs> Oh, fuck. I actually, no post show this week because I gotta go because I literally have to start work in one minute from now. That's hype. (laughs) Peace. Bye. We'll see you next week.